Hello and welcome to another episode of From the Beginning here on Heavenward Thinking. Today we're continuing our journey through the book of Genesis and we're in Genesis chapter 6. And as we talked about last week, we're starting to see more and more of the wickedness of mankind and the results of sin and death coming from sin. We went through a whole chapter of and he died and he died and he died. And now we're moving into Genesis chapter 6 where we're going to start to see things falling apart really rapidly leading to something that God would have to do to confront sin. So we're going to read it and we'll get right into our topic today. Starting in verse 1 of Genesis 6. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is, this is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. So here in Genesis chapter 6, we see a lot of different things, and there's a lot of things that people get hung up on. We're not going to get into the specifics of every little detail, but we're going to give you a good overview here of this chapter. So starting in the beginning, in the first few verses, we see that God has a response to the sin and the wickedness of what is going on in the world. And it says that the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. This is a very dramatic verse here. We see how sin was corrupting the world. And from a very early point, we saw how it was starting. We saw the first murder in Genesis chapter 4, and then we saw more and more wickedness coming down, more and more of the results of sin. And here in Genesis chapter 6, we see that something was happening in the world. The world was getting so out of control in sin and violence. Later in the chapter, we see more about violence and that wickedness. And we see that the wickedness of the world was getting so exceedingly great that God said he is going to wipe from the face of the earth every human being and all the plants and the animals and everything on the ground. And we see this uh, this response from God that really 
uh, hits us deep. It hits us into our core and, and shows us God is against sin. And he is the same God, as we say, uh, in the new and see in the New Testament. God is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that God doesn't change, so we should see that his response to sin isn't going to change either. If God was this upset about sin, and if this sin was so grievous to him, why should we think any differently now? Our own culture, our world is spiraling out of control. Things are beginning to look more and more and more like the time of Noah. The wickedness on earth is getting more and more exceedingly great every day. It's getting out of control, and we sit back and we just think that God's joking when he says he's going to judge sin. We need to look at Genesis chapter 6, and it should point us to repentance. It should point us, get our attention, something is going wrong here in Genesis chapter 6. Something is going wrong in our own world today, and we should have some kind of response to that because we see how God responds to that. God responds to that by he has to judge sin. He has to punish sin. And we see that big punishment here in Genesis chapter 6, the destruction of all of mankind, all of life, other than Noah and his family. And we see that God is very serious when it comes to sin, and it should make us have a response to sin. It should make us realize that we need to get away from sin. We need to repent of our sins. We need to get right with the Lord. God made a way. He made a way through Jesus. Just as he provided a way for Noah and his family through the ark, he provided a way through Jesus for us to receive repentance, forgiveness of our sins, so that God does not have to punish us for our sins. He can put that punishment on Jesus who took all of it on the cross. We just have to make things right with God by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior and turning our lives around and following him. And so this is an important thing to keep in mind as we look at uh, the story of Noah in the coming weeks here. We're going to see lots of parallels between the story of Noah and the ark and what God did through sending his son Jesus on the cross and making a way for us. There'll be lots of symbolism here in these stories that we're going to get to see that is uh, a type of typology, if you will, uh, which uh, in biblical studies terms is, is a foreshadowing of something that happens in the New Testament uh, in connection with Jesus. And, and this is an Old Testament example uh, showing uh, a, a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in the New Testament when Jesus came and made a way, just as God made a way here through uh, Noah and the ark. So that's an important thing to keep in mind as we're going through this chapter. But we see here in the beginning how serious the sin was, and uh, people get hung up on uh, the identity of the Nephilim and all these things in these verses here. But the important thing here in these first few verses, uh, from our perspective here on Heavenward Thinking, the important thing is sin was getting so uh, violent, so wicked, so abundant in the world that God had to do something. God decided that he was going to wipe away this sin, this wickedness. Uh, whatever was going on was so outrageous that the Lord decided he was going to take care of it and get rid of it. So we see that here in the first few verses. And then in verse 9, we get introduced uh, once again uh, with Noah. In verse 8, we see a little bit of a prelude to it, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And then starting in verse 9, we get to see uh, God's encounter with Noah and how he tells him he needs to build an ark. And God gives him the exact dimensions, the exact size of the ark and how to build it. Uh, we don't see all the details in uh, Genesis of how he built the ark and all the, the tools he used in the whole process. Uh, but we do see the exact dimensions of the building of the ark. Uh, and if you go down to Kentucky and you go down to the Answers in Genesis Center and go to the Ark Encounter, you can see the life-size Ark. It is an amazing experience. You should go down there. You should really see it. It's impactful. It shows us just the grandness of this Ark and, and how uh, big it was and how it would have had an 
plenty of space for all the animals that God directs uh, Noah to take with him on the ark, which we see at the end of this section in Genesis chapter 6. We see that God directed Noah to take two of every kind of animal, male and female, once again emphasizing the importance of the two genders, male and female, uh, and showing how God was going to continue to preserve the lives of these animals so they'd be able to increase again abundantly once uh, the flood was ended and the ark came to a stop. So it's important that we look at each of these details here and we see uh, the grandness of God's design, his plan, his salvation plan, if you will, for Noah and his family, and by extension, all of us who have come after Noah, and how it foreshadows his eventual perfect salvation plan through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. So as we look at this in Genesis chapter 6, we see so many of these uh, these symbols, these uh, typological uh, foreshadowings, and we see how important it is to really understand Genesis 6 and see its impact on us in our own world today and how we need to have a response to sin, just as as God had here in the beginning of Genesis 6. We need to take sin seriously. We need to listen to God. We need to look also here in in the second part of Genesis 6, where we see Noah faithfully did uh, what God commanded him. And in the end, the very last verse, it says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. We need to have that same perspective on life, where we're doing everything the Lord has called us to do. When God tells us to do something, and he tells us lots of specific things in his word, do this, Uh, and do these right things, live rightly, live as Jesus would want us to live. When he tells us to do things, we need to do them. We need to do them faithfully, just as Noah did here in Genesis 6. we got to have that response to God. Instead of being filled with the wickedness and the sin and all the violence that we see uh, was abundant in in Noah's world here in Genesis 6, and that we know is abundant in our own world, the, the wickedness of our own world is going out of control, we need to not have a a sin-filled personality. We need to be focused with a heavenward thinking perspective on doing what God has called us to do, everything God has commanded us to do, just as Noah did. So I hope you've learned some things here in Genesis chapter 6, and we just are scratching the surface of the story of Noah and the ark, and we're going to dig more into that with more detail, more in-depth studies in the next few weeks. So join us as we continue our journey from the beginning.